Hey, everybody, it's a dirty, snurdy Thursday. <laughs> Hall of Fame snowmobile racer Joey Hallstrom is on the show today. How about that? We've also going to have a quick little update from the Daytona 500 weekend, Daytona Speed Week. Of course, Jason Berg is standing by down there. We've got him on the phone right now. He's uh, helping out Bryce Halgeberg down there. We'll talk with him in just a minute. By the way, your dirty Thursday, snurdy Thursday, brought to you by Executive Properties. Are you still putting off that project around the house that's been bugging you forever? Do you think you can wait until spring and call a contractor and have the work done ASAP? Well, good luck with that. Executive Properties has openings right now to get that project done. In fact, you can check out their Google reviews. Aaron says Chris and his team did a spectacular job in the damage to my aunt's garage and siding. Kept us up to date on the progress and the finished product was amazing. Thank you for your professionalism and hard work. Hey, get that project done sooner than later. Call Executive Properties, 701-330-1273. Make sure you call them up, too, for snow removal. If you uh, have any questions or comments, by the way, our phone number here, feel free to text or call uh, 701-213-0863. Nick Curtis already texted in more than all. And uh, again, happy belated birthday, Nick. Hey, before we get going, let's do it. Our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Here we go, Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. You know, I once got kicked out of class in high school. For being too sarcastic, uh, go figure, right? I got kicked out of class in high school for being too sarcastic. So the teacher yells at me, what would your parents say if I called them? I replied, hello? <laughs> All right, here we go. Uh, let's see if we got them there. Jason, are you there? I'm here, John. How are you today? <laughs> Good. Uh, before we uh, get going on the show here, Jason Berg, uh, I know you guys are busy. Um, I think you're going through tech right now, but uh, Speed Week down in Daytona, what are you doing down there, man? You know, just helping get uh, Bryce to where he needs to go. I kind of help with the marketing stuff. We uh, we got to the track about 7.30 this morning. Uh, 8.30 was his pictures that he had to do, so he's ready for the TV and um, we actually have uh, a new sponsor for Daytona uh, this year, two of them. Uh, Brenco from Fargo-Moorhead area is on the board of the car, and Karcher Pressure Washers, the Karcher professional company. So we're hosting uh, sponsors this weekend down here, um, showing them around and uh, having a good time, getting things ready. We have practice at 4 o'clock today and then qualifying tomorrow at 12.30, I believe it is. And uh, weather doesn't look good Saturday, but they say that's not supposed to rain till the afternoon, so we should be able to get the race in. All right, Saturday. What are you? Are you guys at one thirty? What time is that? Uh, it's twelve thirty central. Okay. Um, and if, if you're in the Fargo Moorhead area, uh, Buffalo Wild Wings, a great supporter of racing in the FM Grand Forks area, they have set aside a watch party room on the Forty Fifth Street Buffalo Wild Wings. Oh, that's awesome! Yeah. Uh, yeah, and uh, we do have some more Bryce Halgeberg apparel that I think will be there. Somebody's bringing for sale. We got hoodies and T-shirts. And and uh, if you got a minute, I, I got the man himself. He just walked in the door. If you want to talk to Bryce for a Hell second. yeah, I've been trying to get him on the show for four years. It's about time we get to talk to him. Yeah, we'll get him on the show. I promise you. But here he is. I'm going right. to turn it over to Bryce. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Good. Bryce Halgeberg. Mr. Hogeberg. Yeah. 
Hey, uh, how different is it? Because, I mean, I've been to the Daytona 500. How different is it uh, going around that track in an ARCA car compared to a lightning sprint? <laughs> it's, it's a world of a difference, that's for sure. The, the draft was the biggest thing to get used to. You don't, you don't get a draft in a sprint car, but at Daytona and an ARCA car, that's, that's the biggest key factor in the race. When you look, hey, Bryce, buddy, Chad here, uh, so happy for you to be down there. I already messaged you on Facebook and stuff like that. Good luck. But when you go and you're looking at what you got going on there uh, for this weekend, are you still planning right now how you're going to attack this race? Yeah, I, I feel like we've we've built up a pretty good notebook the last two years coming here. And I've I, I told all my guys this third time I'm the most confident I've ever been coming into this race. I know we got a really good crew a good sponsor and a fast car and confidence is key at a track like Daytona. Yeah, it's true. That car looks beautiful, by the way. I love yeah. the sponsors on that thing. It looks beautiful. Hey, first time I appreciate you were, it. Thank you. First time you were down there, there had to have been somewhat of a pucker factor, I would think. <laughs> Going yeah. Around that <laughs> racetrack. Yeah. And uh, I mean, just the, the, just the degree of banking is crazy. Oh. And uh, if you're there and you happen to get down to the start-finish line down in that area, Bryce, uh, check it out because uh, the Bowling Boys, see if our autographs are still down there on, on, on the finish line. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll look for it. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time yeah, down there. Hey, buddy, just so you know, man, we're all pulling for you up here, and, and good luck, and you have a great time, okay? I appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll see you this summer. You got it? Yep. All I'll, right. I'll see you down there thank you all right and uh make sure you tell jason thanks and uh, that's awesome that he took time out of his day to give us a call bryce hogberg uh down uh he'll be running the arca race on saturday daytona speed week go get him kid all right yeah and uh i'm guessing this guy's been wondering when the hell were you ever to talk to me but uh joy hallstrom (laughs) welcome to the studio how are you i'm doing good you know, it, it's funny because um, I knew you, I've, I've been gone from Thief River for a long time. Um, obviously, we knew each other way back in the day and kind of didn't know, you know, or even think about it until we did the Hall of Fame thing here at the racetrack a couple of years back. And, and, and man, I tell you what, it was like going back in time when, when the guys that were in that group, I had so much fun because we got rained out. Yeah. And, yeah. and we all went to, uh, went to the long haul or something, but uh, we got rained out and just sitting there looking at these guys going, <laughs> Well, they all look a little older, maybe a little fatter, a little less hair, they like we all do. View. Oh, of course, of course. <laughs> yeah. You know, nobody recognized me because I lost all that weight, you know, and look yeah. so much younger. So, yeah. But um, I had so much fun that night and, and, and got to start reconnecting. I mean, we've had, uh, we've had Sturgeon on the show and we've had some other guys, and now you are here, and I am stoked for this show. How have you been? Uh, really good. That was a fun night. Um, yeah. You know, we've, we've had a lot, you know, the, the Guy Useldingers, the Brian Sturgeons, uh, the Christian Brothers, uh, Dwight and Stewart were mm-hmm. there, um, Archie Simonson. I mean, it, it was a really, really fun time. And whenever we get all the gang back together, yeah. it is. And, and you were a part of that, just about that whole run. I mean, either either doing the managing or racing alongside of them. But, uh, and, and we are going to get into this uh, as we go through the show here. But um, right now, I want you to tell us uh, about Joey Hallstrom, not racing, not Argo, not nothing. Just tell us a little bit about you, then we're going to get into the good stuff. Well, you know, I'm uh, born and raised in Thief River Falls like you were. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my passion was snowmobiles, especially uh, watching Arctic Cat all through those years. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and remember when they went down? Oh yeah, uh, that yep. was that was a tough deal it for sure the town. Was. Uh, this winter reminds me of that winter, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is yeah. kind of sad. Um, but you know, got the opportunity to uh, once I got done with school over at Bemidji State University, I came back to Thief River and I worked for Roger Skyme. Yeah, yeah, and, great guy, uh, unbelievable. Yep, and uh, got to be in the groundwork of Articat. Mm-hmm. It was Artco at that yep. time. Yep. And uh, I tell you, it was, uh, it was more than a job. I mean, Roger always said that uh, it was a lifestyle, and, and, that, and he was absolutely right. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. And, and got to see the company grow. We had any, everywhere to go but up. You know, we, did, we just kept going up, up, up. We, mm. weren't, we never thought we would fail. Um, I had the opportunity to spearhead our racing yeah. performance image. Yeah. Uh, Polaris was dominating when we got back in business. They were. Oh, yeah. My. yeah. We'd go to a race, there'd be 40 red ones and uh, one black yep. Articat. Yep. Right. Um, but by the, right around the turn of the 90s, we really started getting focused on it. 
We were um, whipping up on them. Yeah, we had some pretty good runs, especially in 93 yeah. and all through the 90s. Uh, just strong in cross country, ovals, snowcross came into play, mm-hmm. the drag racing, uh, just you know, we really, really got our performance image going. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, Arctic was always about performance. Yeah, and you know, uh, from back in the day, um, before I moved to Thief River, I was in grade school, but I grew up outside of Crookston between well, and up until fifth grade between Crookston and Jetley. So, um, my old man was friends with Dale Cormican, uh, Roger Jansen, and Johnny Jansen, um, Vern Ricard. These are guys I knew as a child, and then I moved to Thief River in, in fifth grade, and then you start to get into the Larry Colt the Dave Thompsons, and then into the Hallstroms, the Sturgeons, the Pakes, and, and all of this. And it, I got to be there for the whole thing and get to know all these guys. And, and I still remember when Articat went down and then it went back up because at that time, uh, Bill Ness, God rest his soul. I mean, it just passed away recently, but um, I actually started dating his daughter. And kind of got back into the whole snowmobile thing. But um, uh, the whole history of the Articat, up, down, up, down. You know, um, and, and if I'm leaving any great names out there, I don't mean to. Uh, you got to throw in Tucker. You, you got to throw in Kirk. You got to throw in Rex. You got to yep. throw in, I mean, you, um, uh, who else? The, the Mike Carvers of the world. The Jerry Erickson's of the world. Um, wow. Um, and now you're working for a company called Argo. Yes, um, Argo is actually a Canadian company, but we have set up a Argo USA operations in Thief River Falls, and it's actually uh, about thirty ex Articat people um, from whether it's engineering, oh. parts, service, warranty, um, sales, and marketing. It's kind of like we got the band back together. Sure, sure. And, and how uh, fun is that? Yeah, it's really fun. It's like an all-star team. Uh, getting together. Everybody knows the other person's going to do their job and they're going to do it. Yeah, well. right, right. And uh, this is crazy because we're talking, you know, you think of, I'm just sitting here listening, you know, but you're talking about you spearheaded the Articat into the performance world again back in the 90s. And now you're spearheading another company coming to the United States in Argo. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it is. It's fun. You know, you know, I look back at the Arctic years, you know, Bill Ness, you just mentioned him. He, he passed away here just a few months ago. He really deserved an unbelievable amount of credit. He, oh, yeah. He wow. made sure everybody raced in the 60s and 70s that <laughs> wanted to race. Yeah. yeah. All you had to do was give oh, them a resume, yeah. basically. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, Bill was a strong supporter that Articat, Team Arctic, mm-hmm. was out there. And you've seen it all through the 70s and yeah. how strong they were. Yeah. Even in the 90s when we were coming back. Yep. Guys like Oli Tweet, Bill, yeah. uh, Roger Skine. Roger Skine. They were all... David Thompson summed it up the best. I asked him one time, and I was 23 years old, just started there. Mm-hmm. I said, David, can we afford to go racing? Because we were just coming back. Yeah, yeah. I remember you could buy a buck a share yeah. right, when they were and coming back. David said, we can't afford not to race. That, that was a oh, that's great huge. answer. Great and, answer. Uh, yeah. And we did. Um, Oli Tweet uh, said that you know we were going to get back on the performance pedestal. We had to kick Polaris off and they did and yeah. and that we went head to head with them on the racetrack yep. and we're good friends with them we were competitors sure and you know it was really really fun times yep. racing against all the the guys from Rosona and mm-hmm. all oh, around gosh. the country um and, and you know this sounds a lot like it does in the dirt track world you know these guys yeah. are banging fenders and racing each other hard all night long and afterwards they have a couple of beers together and they're all good friends yeah you know um eric rice i forgot to mention blair morgan yep you're right uh heather that's because polaris is better what the, i can't believe it. i haven't repeated that but um hey you're the one that read it <laughs> yeah didn't you you know you so you you take them back to your Thief River days. You mm-hmm. raced the Articat brand. I did a little bit. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And you were doing like. And in fact, the last one was after my plane crash. Um. And and I called Bill and I said, Hey, I, I really want to run that Goodrich race. And so he got me. Um. I went and picked up a Cougar with reverse and electric start. <laughs> and I'm running that. I ran out of gas with about a mile and a half to go. But uh, I just wanted to prove to myself. I was still walking with a cane at the time, and I just wanted to prove to myself that I could do it. And uh, I did it. But I have been an Articat guy. I just got rid of my, my last sled I got rid of was my 71 
uh, Panther with a 634 in it, mint. And that's in Thief River now somewhere. Last I heard, the guy that bought it's hiding it from his wife. So <laughs> apparently he's got a few sleds. Yeah. Um, and But I, I still have my Articat four-wheeler that I use all the time. But I am, yeah, I am ditch pickle green. I mean, that is me. Yeah. I always will be. And, I, and I'll, I'll never change, even though they're all nice. But uh, that's me. And, and we're going to find out. Things, tastes, brands do change as we keep talking with him. Now, when we talk yeah. about getting the old team together, were you back? I thought you were back in the old motocross. Did you ever do any motocross stuff on with the, the Curdy Klostermans? Oh, uh, yes. Um, let me see here. Uh, um, um, Thompson, what the heck was his name? Curdy Jim, Keith Johnson. Jim Thompson. Yeah. Keith oh, Johnson. Wow. Rudy yep. Stark. Dwight Mike Dahl. Mike Dahl. <laughs> Jerry Erickson. You know, Jerry... Um, he passed away yeah. last year. Uh, Jerry put together some unbelievable race races and a start of race circuits. Yes, he oh, sure wow. did. One of the he one of the nicest guys you'll yeah, ever meet. Yeah, and we it was always fun uh, when we used to go racing. We'd all jump in Rudy Stark's van, yeah. and we'd put about seven bikes on a two play snowmobile trailer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and uh, away we'd go. Yeah, and uh, you know we'd go to places like Bemidji. Uh, over by Grand Rapids. Shevlin. Remember back yeah, in the old Shevlin. Shevlin days? We might go all the way down to Cambridge. That was yep. a long haul. Yep. Uh, now that's just nothing to go there. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, we did all that. We uh, we found a bunch of the photos and looked at them last year. Um, you know, that was all in the, you know, 80, 81. Yeah. yeah. They were all yep. young and skinny. And, yep. Uh, you yep. Know, um, did you think that I would ever in a million years bring that up? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> I remember Mike Dahl when he broke both his arms. Uh, we were goofing around. I think it was out at Olson Pitts or something, and he broke both his arms. And I remember going to visit him in the hospital. Jeez, <laughs> pretty tough to race motocross when your arms are both in a cast. But um, <laughs> yeah, he rode early in the year, and there was snow on the other side yep. of a, a rise out at the pit. Yep, yep. And when the front tire went down in the snow, he went over. Oh, and, uh, yep, yep. So yeah. he remembers oh, it too. Yeah. <laughs> Knock wow. on wood, I uh, I never had a bad accident uh, racing dirt bikes. It probably wasn't you know as as fast as I probably should have yeah. been. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was you know you're at that age and there was no worries. Yeah. Uh, you could live on about five dollars. It seemed like oh sure you could yeah. Yeah. heck yeah. Joy, what got you into that racing thing? What 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 got your fire burning for doing something like that? You know, um, my dad bought a 68 panther so i would have been seven years old uh we took it to the fairgrounds i got to drive it you know i was a seven-year-old kid right um you know and so i always kept having snowmobiles and got to go watch some races uh my dad was then uh actually driving truck for arctic and he got to haul a lot of the race sleds yep yep and there was times when he would come home from a trip park in the yard and I'd do a run out on that trailer, and I'd sit on all those EXTs oh, yeah. and everything, and uh, just dreaming and dreaming. And of course, the Jansons. Yep, Roger the and Johnny. Yep. And yep. all of them guys. Uh, Viking Land Chalet. You know, that, that really got me intrigued yeah. on it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I didn't really get to race a lot when I was little. Um, and we just didn't have the money. Yep, yep. Right. Um, but I really got then. Uh, when I was about a junior, senior, junior in high school, my dad was good friends with a gentleman by the name of Harvey Hansen in Thief River Falls. Harvey actually had a lot of race background in the early 70s and also with uh, Chester Bowman and oh, Garfield yeah. Bowman. Sure. And so Harvey was working on a sled for a friend, Bruce Lillivold, and they asked me to, at the end of the year to race it up at Strathcona. Oh sure, oh, okay. yep. and huge fam- does a huge famous, race, famous yeah. Strathcona. Yep. And so there's a big billboard of it still through Strathcona. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah. they still race there. Yeah. They race ovals there. Uh, they had a really neat cross country for many many years. Uh, I remember running it. Uh, I was right behind one of the Zutz brothers oh, from, sure. Warren. from Warren, yep. and uh, yep. I got a lesson that day. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> but after that, I was really hooked on it. Yeah. I, uh, I just I wanted to race. I used to drive around the Arctic plant and see what was going on, yep. and I followed everything. Well, then Harvey bought Jerry Erickson's '79 LT Gray mm-hmm. cross country, and uh, we went to Park Rapids. I finished in the top twenty, which was a big race at the time. And lo and behold, the next uh, week or so, 
uh, they entered me in the Winnipeg to St. Paul race. Wow. Oh, and wow. See, that was one of the ones I That's always... That's going to be a big one, too. Yeah, I always wanted to run. That's ditch banging for 500 miles. Yeah. I mean, you ditch banging the whole way. Um, <laughs> it, it was, see, with me now, with growing up, uh, we were close. We were within two miles of all of those names outside of Crookston. Well, the Viking Land Chalet used to sell Viking snowmobiles. It was a bar and a grill, yep. and we were, we were their neighbors. We lived on that same road. Well, my first sled was a 71 EXT Special, and my dad had a couple of them, and I started down there uh, and then took a lot of time off. I went from having motorcycles and snowmobiles. I was racing oval motorcycles before I knew how to ride a bike. And then my mom and dad got divorced, and pretty soon I'm looking in the dumpster building my own bicycle, you know, and and didn't start again until way, way later. But um, those were the days back when there was like 900 brands of snowmobiles, you know. They They were just tons of them. Things that, that you have, and, and I didn't even realize this. I guess I knew it, but it kind of slipped my mind. Um, you know, you end up being a race manager, I think, in about 87. Yep. Uh, they named you race. But you helped launch the Jeep 500. You were the first NL, or NHRA snowmobile asphalt drag exhibitions. You kind of got that going. Yep. Um, and the Jag Special, the which Jag was a special. sled that I put so many miles on. You kind of got that Jag Special going, too. Um, and explain how that whole the Jag Special came about, because that turned into a sweet, slick little race machine for a lot of guys. You know, uh, you, you go back, you mentioned... Uh, when I became race manager, I still wanted to race. And mm-hmm. I, I ran the, the Thunder Bay race in 87 was basically my last. Yep. Thunder full, Bay, yep. Yeah. Uh, but Davey Thompson, who I respect highly, he came to me and he said, we need a race manager. We need someone to direct where we're going racing. Um, and he basically said, you, you should do this. Um, it's hard to leave racing, but we have to have someone that's been racing and is willing to, you know, grow it. So I took that on, and I was young, uh, but thank God I had some good coaches. Right. And uh, they helped me along. So I just used a lot of my past experience. Why, you know, for instance, why we got the Jeep Thunder Bay race going again, because uh, I just love the Winnipeg to St. Paul race. And yeah. uh, Oli Tweet again stepped up and he said, You make sure that race gets going mm-hmm. because we need to win that race someday. And we may not win it for three years. So he put some money into it. We knew Polaris was going to win it. Yep. But we won it in 1990. Yeah, I remember yeah. being... <laughs> this is cool. Yeah, I remember being up on the Gunflint Trail up there, um, coming because I was with KKAQ Radio yep. then. And it was me and uh, I think Dave Halverson. Dave I don't know, Halverson. Kurt Quinnell might have been with us. But um, I remember... And Olmstead. Yeah, uh, Dale. Dale. And I remember interviewing Kirk Hibbert in the hallway of the motel like... It was late, yeah. And, and I know I was full, and he was maybe a little full, but typical Kirk, no, no shirt on. No <laughs> way. Like to thank my mechanic, Al Shimpa. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that was Kirk. And uh, um, I, I mean, I, I can remember Kirk and his brother Rex. You know, they're coming out of Idaho, and next thing you know, they're living by Goodrich, and and it just yeah. and then it snowballed because. Well, you know, after Kirk Hibbert, of course, came Tucker, and, yeah. and th- that's another long story in itself. Um, I think I just hit my button. There we go. Um, now, with the with that that Jag that that Jag special, tell us about how that worked. I got nothing for you, buddy. You turned yourself off, I think. There, how's that? I can hear you now. How's that? Yeah. Uh, tell us about how the uh, how the, the the that Jag came out. Well, there again, uh, I look back at. When I started racing, you know, there was just one sled that everybody had to get on. It was a 340, uh, whether it was an Arctic or an Indy. And we had the opportunity to have sled for young guys, mm-hmm. up and comers. And Oli Tweet came to me and said, we actually got a few, we have, we have too many 440 fan engines coming in from Japan, uh, from Suzuki. And he said, do you think you could get, get the guys and work on uh, getting the twin carbs ready so we could have a Jag racer? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I went back, talked to Don ID and the guys, and uh, yeah, they said, let's go for it. So we put it together. Um, Oli gave me free reign. <laughs> we actually grabbed a <laughs> camera. Larry Coltham and I went out west. We shot some photos of it. We finished testing it. 
Um, and we sold a lot of those yeah. Jag specials. And C.J. Ramstead labeled it the schoolboy racer. Yeah. And if you go back and look at a lot of the racers that have come through the ranks, mm-hmm. they started out on a 440 fan cool Jag Absolutely. special, and it was a marvelous sled. Wow. Uh, it was a good way. I, I, w- I wish the industry had something like that now. Yeah, okay. right, right. Yeah. Uh, kind of an entry wow. level, you know, if, if you would. Um, I remember when the, the first Wildcats came out, the 900, uh, Denny Bakke, Ryan Bakke uh, had one, and he, we used to be river rats. We were down riding down the river, and he says, you got to take this thing for a spin. Well, you don't realize how fast you're going until you try to slow down, you know, and, and I'm trying to slow down. And, you know, that part of the river where it turns. And if you go up the hill there, there's a Schoberg, big Schoberg house, all brick. I hit that bank. I was going too fast to make the turn. I didn't realize I was going that fast. I, I went by their house. I don't think I missed it by more than this much. I jumped up their backyard right by their house and stopped in the street in front of their house. Holy <laughs> no. And got off and did one of those. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> oh man, we're I'm going alive! through the good game. Yeah, um, uh, too b- many fish houses there now to do that. Yeah, that's oh, right. I about imagine. Yeah, yeah, there is. Um, before we take a break here, um, when we talk about the NHRA snowmobile asphalt drag uh, exhibitions back in 1994, you kind of spearheaded that too. But um, I think a lot of that turned a lot of heads. I don't think people realized what snowmobiles can do because let's face it, there's a lot of speed freaks out there that yeah. that. that you know, snowmobiles aren't even a thing, but I think that turned a lot of heads. You know, that's a really neat story. Um, we were down there in the summer. Dick Rowe was the owner uh, running BIR at the time. And we were looking at how we would lay out a cross-country race course around the road course. And Dick had one of the, I remember it was a, like a Pontiac Grand Prix, like a pace car. And we were sitting at the starting line of the drag strip. And I looked at Dick and I said, uh, would you ever let me bring a snowmobile down here and take a run down this quarter mile? Mm-hmm. He looked at me kind of funny. He goes, what are you talking about? I said, well, we test our snowmobiles on the asphalt outside of Thief River Falls in the summer. Mm-hmm. And we get the tracks wore way down so that they have good traction. Yep, yep. And... Uh, Dick looked at me and says, you bring that thing down here. I want to take it for a spin, and I'll tell you if we can. So we did. We ran it down there. Al Shimpa took it down. Oh, sure. Um, Dick ran it. I think he did well over 100 miles an hour. Yeah. And he said, <laughs> he drove back, and he goes, I am calling NHRA, and we are going to do an exhibition here. Yeah. So we did. Uh, we brought an 800 three-cylinder ZRT. Sure, sure. Uh, called Jim Dimmerman up. Yeah. Said Jimmy, would you like to drive this? And of course, he was a real fan of going straight. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> and he said absolutely. So we went there, and we clocked 115 miles an hour, and we were under 11 seconds. Wow! And Holy there God. was a lot of car guys going, "Wow, you're, exactly, you're under 11 seconds mm-hmm. on a snowmobile." Yeah. Well, then that really turned into the next year. All four of us manufacturers got together, and we agreed. To bring two sleds each, 800s, mm-hmm. with two pro drivers, and we ran right in front of the funny cars. Yeah. John Forrest was right behind us. Isn't that cool? Oh, that's and so man, cool. We got, the times went pretty fast. I think the first year Yamaha won it with a 998. Wow. Anything yeah. under 10 seconds is oh, crazy, yeah. crazy oh. fast. And, I, you know, I remember calling our track manufacturer, and I said, uh, do you think you could make me a slick? And they thought I was nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then the engineer said, well, yeah, that, that wouldn't be hard at all. I would think, yeah. So uh, he went on to say, how hard, how much durometer do you want? I said, I have absolutely no idea. Make me a soft, a medium, and a really hard rubber. And uh, so next thing I know, three tracks showed up. And then we went testing. And then when you get there and they spray that yeah. traction liquid, mm-hmm. the HD down, I mean, when you walk on it, it'll suck you right out of your tennis Oh, yeah, it'll shoes. pull your shoes right off and, your feet. Uh, yeah. Oh, wow. Those snowmobiles never slipped a quarter inch. Wow. And uh, Hold it, on. So and cool. it was so fun. It was clean. It was fast. It, you always got your timing sheet so you could look how your start, your 60-foot, your eighth, wow. all that. Yeah. Um, 
It was really fun. So there's some good stuff for R&D, too, oh, yeah. in there, you know? Yes, there was. This yeah. is crazy. This was so great about this show. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> we talk about things talk here. About, I, like, right now, I, I'm not talking much, and that's okay. I'm just like... I'm getting a history lesson. Well, and, and I'm thinking he's probably thinking this. the same thing right now, going, wow, I didn't even think about that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm just like, holy crap, we're talking to a big innovator here that yeah, right here. Right here. And, is, and these are, I keep telling you, and you guys think I'm making this crap up, but I keep telling you I know all these guys. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and we that, do think he's lying half the time. <laughs> you know, and, yeah. that, and that asphalt drag racing, uh, you should see how fast they're going now. Oh, God. Oh, I know. Gosh. I see they just set another record uh, in cars now, but. Um, they, they still do drag. They still do it in the winter, though, right? They still do drags in the yeah, winter. They, oh, sure. They, they do. They still yep. do the yep. uh, there's snow drags, there's yep. ice drags, but grass. Grass drags are big. But that asphalt, it was so clean. You could push yeah. the sled around. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. Um, I got a couple of texts here. Uh, Tim Schwantz saw him the first time they ran a BIR. was really cool. He has yeah. also said great race history lesson. Uh, Tommy Kenville texted in. He said, uh, Charlie Lofton, another great racer. Yep. Eric Rice, yep. Janelle Bakken. Uh, wasn't she an Articad drag racer? Yeah. Uh, grass drags. Yeah. Janelle was... Uh, she, she was in the 90s there. It was hard to beat her. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Her yeah. and her husband, uh, they were just dominant. Uh, this is so cool to hear this stuff. <laughs> I just, you know, I follow on, I, like, I have a gentleman on Facebook, Mark Weisskopf. I follow him, um, and he does grass drags and stuff like that. And I was like, who would ever want to do that on a snowmobile? Go that fast and, like, you're, there's no roll cage. There's nothing there to protect no. you. I mean, and you're hauling the mail. Oh, yeah. And if you're going that fast, I would much rather fall off on snow on than snow. grass. So then yeah. I'm hearing right now, that's the first time I heard about like snowmobiles doing on asphalt, and I'm like, and under 10 seconds? Yeah. And I, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, this is awesome. Oh, <laughs> so, yeah. If you get to some of these mod sleds now and, and some of the ones that they're actually making for this, it's crazy. Well, I mean, they're, crazy They're fast. so low, low well, to the ground. They're so low, and they they accelerate off the starting line so fast. Yeah. yeah. They, they, I mean, they get there quick. There. Yep. Holy cow. Is there a kill switch for those things that they fall off? <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a tether cord. Yeah. <laughs> Holy cow. This is this is already turning out way, way better than I thought it was going to. But we got to take a little bit of okay. a break here, folks. Hall right. of Fame snowmobile racer. Uh, Joey Hallstrom is in the studio with us today. There we go. Uh, well, we'll be back with him in just a couple of minutes. Right now, I want to talk a little bit about Valvoline Instant Oil Change. If you're in a hurry for an oil change, you know what? Go to Valvoline Instant Oil Change. I'm usually in and out of there in about 20 minutes. I just sit in my car. While I'm in my car, they also are topping off my fluids. They check my tires, my battery, my lights, wipers, cabin air filter, all that stuff. And they don't just do oil changes, all right? They do a ton of things, including tranny and coolant flushes. Uh, they can text and email invoices and coupons. And if you mention us, Grand Fork's best source, they'll knock 10 bucks off your oil change. Pretty cool deal. They're open uh, Monday through Saturday. No appointment needed. Pickup and delivery is available, too, if you live in Grand Forks. And if you uh, have a, 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 a in the military, maybe, yeah. or if you want a fleet, yep. uh, they'll give you a discount for that. Uh, check them out. They're at 3325 South 38th Street. Uh, make sure you tell them Grand Forks Best Source sent you. They are, uh, again, have uh, pickup and delivery if you live in town. Uh, one more thing I want to mention before we get back to the show, the benefit tonight uh, being held for Lucas Schaefer. Uh, it's at the VFW tonight from 530 to 9. If you don't know anything about Lucas, he was paralyzed. He's... Um, Pretty much paralyzed from, I'm going to, it's like the neck down. Uh, he's got five kids. He's a business owner. And uh, him and his family have a long road ahead of them. Uh, go check out this fundraiser tonight. I can tell you right now, some of the, probably going to be one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. Just their silent auction alone. Uh, I know the Broken Drum is going to have food. Uh, it'll be a free will offering. Uh, they'll have the silent auction, the raffles and all that. There's a GoFundMe too. And you can find out more about that by showing up tonight. It starts at 530, goes through 9. Uh, benefit for Lucas Schaefer. Uh, means a lot to us. Um, in fact, uh, they found his father had passed away yesterday too, and they, he didn't know that. Um, so yeah, it, it's it's man. just man. I tell you what, when it rains, it pours. But um, uh, I'd love to see you there tonight, folks. Uh, I'll be there. I'm seeing it. A uh, friend of mine. Uh, it, it's just too bad. And uh, but we can all help. Um, you know, it's not just his family. He's out in that. Um, he's at a rehab hospital now out in Craig, Colorado. He will yep. be for I think another five weeks. But so is his wife. Um, it's not just rehab for him, but somebody has got to be there to help take care of him. So uh, they're all there. She'll be here tonight. But, um, yeah, 
Uh, we are back with Hall of Fame snowmobile racer Joey Hallstrom. Not just a snowmobile racer, no. uh, but so much to do with snowmobiling in, in, in its own. Legendary. Um, yeah. Um, Articat product manager in 1999. And then uh, 2012, we're going to fast forward. Uh, you got the call to the Hall of Fame. I believe it was 2012. Um, now, here's the thing. It's funny because I always joke. People will ask me, when are you going to quit announcing racing? And I say, when I get in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. You know, I'll... I'll I'll never get in the Hall of Fame. I'll be dead, but whatever. <laughs> were, do, were you thinking in the back of your mind, you know what? I, I deserve to be in the Hall. Maybe I should be in the Hall. Or were you just completely blown away, shocked, surprised when you got the call? I was completely shocked. Um, I was at the first Hall of Fame in 1988 when the, the people that you mentioned, the Jansons, mm-hmm. The Thompsons, the Duhamels, the Bobbies. Oh, yeah. Smiths. I remember meeting him. <laughs> yeah. You know, they had the first one in 1988. It was in Eagle River, Wisconsin. It was upstairs of what was it was a big room over the country kitchen. Mm-hmm. And I remember standing there um, just in awe of my heroes. And, you know, because they were all there. And uh, they, they were all the rock stars. And, oh, man. Uh, so, you know, I thought about that, and I go, wow, that'd be pretty cool. You know, I never thought mm-hmm. about it. And then finally, uh, like I said, in 2012, uh, the call came, and I was just, I had to think about it. Yeah. And it was like, and it really wasn't for what I raced in race wins, because I didn't win big races. Mm-hmm. But it was for spearheading the Team Arctic back into existence basically and like you said getting the 500 going with cj ramstead and some of the sleds that we built for racing and just working and coaching uh building the team you know um you know kirk and rex you know yeah. kirk actually coming back here to race full-time yeah and, you know bringing brad Pake on and finding you know brian sturgeon when uh, the tns boys out of fergus mm-hmm. brought him yep. in. i mean there yeah. was just the list goes on and on and on, and um, yeah, it w- it was a real honor. It's it, it's fun to see. It's almost it's almost when you look at stuff with the Hall of Fame, it's like a gratefulness of the industry showing it to you. Uh, when you started doing that stuff, you didn't have that in your mind of a, a team Articat ever wanted to be. When you started spearheading it back into existence, you weren't like, I'm going to be in the Hall of Fame for this. That wasn't your program. No, not at you, all. You were there to be like, we're going to make this dominant again. Yeah. And then for them to call, make that call in 2012, it's like your whole whole purpose behind that was like they're showing their gratefulness to you. That's awesome. You know, I, I had a really good uh, boss through the early 90s, Mark Blackwell. And Mark Blackwell was an ex-Suzuki racer. Yeah. He was a team manager. He was a marketing guy. And then they brought him to Articat to head up uh, Articat Snowmobile Marketing. And so I had known Mark when I was racing motocross. I okay. knew who he was. I read about him in magazines. And he just told me, he said, I really like your approach and your style as race manager because you came from the ground up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and we did. I mean, when we got back going, uh, when I was race manager in 87, we only had six snowmobiles to hand out. One went yeah. to Dave Wall and uh, one or two went to Kirk. Sure. And uh, we didn't have much of a <laughs> no, budget. No, And you got to give, you got to give the Wall Brothers one. I mean, yeah. you have to. Well, we had to, uh, we had they're going to tr- take it to the next level we even more. We had to more. try, you know, our hand in oval racing. Yeah. And, uh, you know, our sled was heavy. Yep. It definitely was overweight, but that first AFS El Tigre was pretty cool. Yep. Um, and we won some races with yep. it. And we just started building momentum. That is so cool. And, uh, yeah, you know, we didn't have a lot when we first started. Yeah. Uh, but it didn't take long, and uh, the momentum, the snowball got really big. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. And it started going downhill, yep. you know, and getting bigger and bigger and bigger. You know, when we yeah, talk about crazy. the old school racers, a lot of people don't realize. You mentioned uh, Duhamel, uh, Duhamel, however you want to call it. I'm a French-Canadian. Uh, Yvonne and his son, I actually watched them race uh, motorcycles at, at Brainerd International yep. Raceway. But a lot of people don't realize... Um, some of the big names of racing actually were snowmobile racers. I mean, Jacques and Gilles Villeneuve 
or snowmobile. I remember watching them Dick race trickle. the ovals. Dick Trickle. He's on my list. He yeah. was a snowmobile racer. Uh, a lot of these people don't Pakes. realize. Yeah. yeah. You know, um, uh, Al Bain's watching. Uh, Craig Hauser, love this. Joey's always a great conversation. Good to yeah. see you, Joey. That's Brady Johnson. Craig, he says he th- you talk more than he does. So <laughs> that's all right. Yeah. That's what we like to hear. <laughs> um, as we fast forward, uh, Racer of the Year Award, uh, you got that because uh, I remember I remember thinking to myself, you see, Joey's wearing a cowboy hat, and uh, <laughs> which was at that time a lot of the racers. It seemed like, especially with the media and the pictures, a lot of the guys were wearing cowboy hats. I don't know if they wanted to look like they were Colorado guys or what. But um, what was it like to get Racer of the Year? I mean, that to me uh, would be solidifying your chances at being in the Hall of Fame. But I, I bet you it's right up there, isn't it? Yeah, that was you know that was a surprise too. Um... Just the things that we did basically behind the scenes, you know, you're kind of like the coach of the year, mm-hmm. um, you know, and, and, you know, I had a lot of support. I had a lot of people that I could count on uh, that we could implement what we needed to do for Team Arctic because we, you know, we raced all forms. Yeah. Um, we had an unbelievable strong oval team, um, the cross country team. Uh, you know, the drag racing, the ice Le Mans with Aaron Shield. Yeah. Uh, you know, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, we had good hill climb teams. So uh, we wanted to be in all of them. And um, we worked hard at it. We may yep. not have had the most yeah. budget, um, but just a lot of good hard work and fundamentals is what we did. And, and you know, <laughs> when, when you look at those days, um, with the R&D that's involved with racing, that's going to sell your snowmobiles, that's going to sell your product. But um, the marketing campaign uh, back in the days was crazy good. I mean, the posters, you know, I remember, I can still remember uh, when Mario Andretti was in town, staying at the Ramada Inn, or the Best Western back then, and I can still remember how Mario goes when it snows, you know, these posters, and, and I had them all. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you wouldn't believe my wardrobe, and, and I was looking, and I've still got my, my 88 race leathers, and I've still got some other things, but I used to almost wear all strictly Articat clothing, and I don't have anything anymore, and it just it bothers the hell out of me about well, that. Do you, but it doesn't fit? Well, my, you my racing some... leather looks more like Under Armour now. Yeah, that's it's what you said. Yeah, pretty tight. Yeah, it's, you almost got to so put... You have one. some stuff that just doesn't... Okay, what's your point? I'm not... Hey, <laughs> hey. My stuff don't fit either from when I, I was... Yeah, yeah I they don't have um, anything anymore. Yeah. Um, and, and I want to give a, a shout-out, too, to Scott Schuster uh, for, for helping me. He's helped me out a lot with, with getting these snowmobile guys on here. And, and I'm the one that brought up your name, and he goes, oh, that'd be perfect. That'd be, uh, and I was so going to try to get him in here, but I think he's on his way out to uh with scott's actually he's on the board yep, yep. for the snowmobile racing hall of fame and i think that's where he's his, he's on now. his way there now uh because there's four inductees yep. uh going in saturday night oh wow um it's, it's four every year yep so this year you've got levi lavalli oh yeah yep you've got Corey davidson oh gosh uh you got jeff ludwig yep. oval racer from wisconsin mm-hmm. and then russell emke was a drag racer so yeah. you've got a mixture of uh, four very good racers. Uh, wow. Corey Davidson, man, that guy, he did it for a long time. Uh, you know, we mentioned Brad Pake, too, and, and, and when I got into getting away from snow and going to dirt, uh, Brad Pake, I can still remember plain as day, um, having the Articat colors on his sprint car. Yeah. And uh, even Brian Sturgeon, back when they called them mini sprints, uh, was an Articat ride there. Um, and I know they used they used Sturgeon with the mini sprint for some R&D stuff, too, because I think that's when the fuel injection was first starting they, to come out. They ran a 600cc two-stroke EFI, and it was fast. He, he kicked was, the crap out of everybody every week. <laughs> at Greenbush. 600cc. Yeah. Yeah, at Greenbush, he went fast. Del, yep. Delray Gilbertson was his yep. uh, mechanic. Um, yeah, they were spanking a lot of people wow. with that package. That thing would smoke like you wouldn't believe, but he won, and he won every time, just about every every time at River City Speedway Tour, whatever they wow. called it back then. <laughs> um, when you think of all the accolades and, and everything, all the awards and, and the history, and, 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 and I know things go by so fast, but um, what, what do you have what you would consider the biggest win or race win or – event in your racing career well you know um the two 500s that kirk won Mm -hmm. were really uh they were so they were neat that's when the 500 was the the 500 the 500 you know uh that's the one you wanted to win that was Mm -hmm. the big bragging rights um 
it, Kirk's win in 1990 was pretty darn memorable because the year before we didn't fare very well. Mm-hmm. And Polaris took out an ad that said, Dear Kirk and Doug. Doug Lamb was on yep. the Yamaha. Yep. Kirk was on Articat. I said, Yamaha and Articat must be very proud of you guys. You got in the top 20. <laughs> oh, it it, oh. Yeah, it ran in the Star <laughs> Tribune. Mm-hmm. And we took that full page ad and we put it on every door around the plant yeah. and of every department. And we worked for a year. And uh, so you're looking at the spring of 89. We're up at Bemis Hill. Yep. Uh, just south of Roseau. Yep. And I took Roger for a ride on what we were working on as a 90 EXT special. Mm-hmm. And the whole key to it, we did some subtle changes to make it handle better, but we had Fox shocks on it. And uh, you had to get Roger's blessing. And he rode it <clears throat> maybe a half mile through yep. the woods. This was late March, and he stopped on the trail, and his rough, growly voice yeah. said, uh, Joey, we're going to win the 500. <laughs> <laughs> and he, that was the blessing. So we decided to build 500 of those machines. That was the rule. Mm-hmm. Kirk and I uh, flew out to California, met with Fox uh, to make sure that they could build those shock absorbers for us because mm-hmm. uh, it was all new to them. And when we came out that following late fall or, you know, early December, we go to Pine Lake, dominate. Yep. Brian Nelson and his team just whooped up mm-hmm. on everybody. Um, we get in the 500. Kirk's behind by 25 minutes after day one. Yeah. But we weren't nervous because the way they flipped the field, he's yep. going to be farther up. And yep. he runs everybody down and he wins by two and a half minutes. Yeah. And that was absolutely amazing. Then we go to Eagle River. Brian wins. To with the dominate, Eagle. yeah. So we just started clicking them off. Boom, yep, boom, yep, boom, boom, yep. boom. And so those were, that was a pretty memorable year. Um, and we had some other good years. In the mid-90s, too, I remember, uh, you know, Paik went on a terror there and won a couple 500s. Um, one year at Eagle River. I think we won every, just about every stock class, yeah. the Formula 3, mm-hmm. some of the mod classes. Uh, they made me an all-white suit, and I gave out them big white yeah. T-Mart checks, and <laughs> I, we gave away thousands and thousands yeah. of dollars that day um, because we won so much. And but, every time you win, you're selling more sleds. Yep. But, yeah. we, you know, we had some dry years, so right. uh, well, that's true. When, it was, when we won, it was great, and, yeah. it, was, and it was fun. That's so cool. Um, and then, the de- like you said, the development, you know, we raised for marketing. Yeah. But Articat was so tied to the development. What came on those ZRs back then was what went on to production soldiers. Sure, sure. And it didn't matter if it was skis, brakes, engines, chassis design, uh, you name it. It was tested and ran on a race side because if it works in racing, it's going to work in real hard. Yep. And and you mentioned five. You mentioned the number five hundred. Does it have to be five hundred sleds then to be considered a production model? Is that why you said there's five hundred of them? Yeah. Back then, uh, all the manufacturers had a rule and agreement. You know that. So you didn't go out and build twenty five special sleds. Right. 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 Um, And that's the way it should be. Yeah. And now that's changed a little bit. It's not quite that high of a volume, but still. Uh, like the, what the racing we're doing now, mm-hmm. that is a production trail right. consumer snowmobile. Yep, yep. Uh, the snowcross sleds, uh, they're more just built for snowcross. Sure, they're like a mo- sure. They're like a motocross, a motocross bike. bike. Sure. Right, right. Exactly. So, you ever, oh, well, sorry. I, I got to ask this, too, because I just heard that. So did you bring in Fox the first time for the sh- for shocks for snowmobiles, too? Yes, we did. <laughs> Yeah, see, yeah, yeah. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. Do you ever get in a bad wreck, sleds, um, broken bones, any no, of that, or were you I one of the I lucky ones? Knocked my shoulder out of the socket one time. Um, Rub a little snow on it and let's go. Nah, yeah, I was out for a few weeks. I yep. tried racing over at Eagle River and it didn't work. Um, that knock on wood. Um, you know, yeah. I had a, I had a few get-offs. Yeah, oh, uh, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably the worst get-off I ever had was we were testing up in Alaska. Those and, are the uh, worst, the, the it, testings. This was late October, and we were up there, and I we plowed this one-mile strip on the lake because we were going to work on our top speed. 
And uh, the carbide broke through a little bit of, it froze a little bit that night. And next thing I know, the sled was going ass over tea kettle, and I landed on my back, and I bruised my tailbone. Yeah. Oh. And 12 days later, when we got back home, I went to the doctor in Thief River and uh, pulled my pants down and looked at the tailbone. He goes, oh, I bet that hurt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, thanks, Doc. Yeah. yeah. Um, Daryl, uh, one of our Canadian followers. Good morning, Bowring Boys. GFBS crew and guests. Great show as always. Cool stories and great history. Cheers, boys. Amazing history today. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Um, Lawrence Berberick, I wanted to throw his name out there. He was Articat, uh, the, the, the truck driver oh. there, the support driver. Um, Parts guy. Good friend of mine uh, back in the day. Um, we hunt around there. What are you pointing oh, at? Oh, your camera's good. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, I just wanted to throw that name out there. Okay, now yeah. let's fast forward again. I know we're getting close here, but um, now if, if we could hold that poster up. I'll try. Oh, I, I got it queued up. It's oh, okay. Let's, let's, right show the, let's show the poster. Yeah. Not that no, one. Not that one. That's a good one, too, though. Yep. There it is. That there we one. go. That one. Okay. Uh, we got the, the pro. We've got uh, your son in there and your daughter. Um, Excuse so you got a son and a daughter now uh, carrying on the Hallstrom name. How cool is that? It's, you know, we've always had it. You know, we snowmobiled as a family. Um, you know, we, the, the kids started racing, um, put them on 120s mm-hmm. sure. and uh, got them weaned in on that. And they just, you know, it kept on um you know, we went through the ranks. Yep, yep. Um, did the KC Pro West stuff and uh, got into the transition and the juniors. And, uh, you know, it's a family affair. And um, now it has grown into where we had the opportunity to join uh, the Christian Brothers Racing yep. crew out of Fertile, Minnesota. Um, of course, they were long-time Articat. A lot of racers came out of there. Oh, uh, yeah. yeah. Logan just retired from Snowcross this mm-hmm. past year. And uh, Dwight and Stewart uh, decided to keep the shop going, and they really had a strong background in cross-country. Yep. Um, because their dad sponsored Dale Cormican. Yeah, yeah, and, back uh, in the day. So they just said, you know, we're going to be riding skidoos. Um and Skidoo was very, they wanted to get a, a strong team in the cross country. So we said, yeah, let's go for it. Uh, we watched them, how they worked, uh, you know, because we were racing against mm-hmm. the Skidoos and we seen some strong, positive things. And uh, unfortunately, we don't have a very good winner. Oh, well. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that kind of uh, sucks. Yeah, it does. You know, and this winter reminds me of 1981 when I was the same age as my daughter right now. Yep. Um, the 500 got canceled. Yeah. All the races yep. were on lakes if they could race back yep. then. Um, and now we've only raced at Pine Lake this year. Yeah. Um, Jesse ha- and the whole team had a good run at Pine Lake. And um, we will be back on the lake uh, next weekend. Yep. Natawash. Yep. Uh, they're actually going to run two weekends back to back. They've got good ice on mm-hmm. North Twin. And uh, I expect it'll be a heck of a crowd. That's Snowdio. Uh, draws a lot of people and uh, we've got kind of a soft spot for that race oh sure my uncle my godfather uh was one of the originators of the snow deal his name was Dwayne walsberg oh wow uh, and he worked with dick lavoie yeah, and all yeah, them guys yeah. down there so uh i remember going there as a little kid you know this, yeah. this is so funny because uh I, i'm guessing him listening to us right now, it's like we're talking a different language because I uh, love it. We're, this we're, is we're awesome. Going way back, was it? Do you still have? And I would imagine you have still probably got closets full of Articat gear. Um, how was that going from Articat to Skidoo for you? Well, it, it shocked a lot of people. Oh, it shocked uh, the hell out of me, man. <laughs> it really did. Um, but you got to do what you got to do. It's yeah. not Joey Holstrom racing anymore. It's jo- you know, it, yep. it's Jesse and Gabby that are racing now. You know, and it's just like, you know, football players, hockey players switching to other teams. And, right. uh, you know, you've seen other guys in cars and motorcycles switch other brands. It's just, you know, when Blair left Articat to go to Skidoo, that yeah. was a big oh, deal. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when Todd Wolf left yeah. Oh, yeah. Polaris to go on the Skidoo team. Yep. And, and 
he did a hell of a job. He sure did. Yeah. There wasn't much happening on the yellow camp when Todd right. went over there. There wasn't. And, you know, he ended up winning several 500s. Yeah. Except for on the ice. You know, they yeah. were a little different on the yeah. ice. But so, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a change, but it's been a good change. Sure. Um, well, d- at the end of the day, is... snowmobiles are snowmobiles. And if you love them, you love them. It's right. Exactly yeah. right. Um, before we let you out of here, I know you got to get going, but um, people influenced, people that helped you along the way. Um, can you throw a few names out there? I mean, we've already gotten a hell of a history lesson here, and, and I'm sure a lot of the yeah. names are, are going to be repeated. But, um, uh, you know, for all good things, there's always help, you know, in the background. The people that don't get you know, they don't get the Racer of the Year award. They don't get uh, in all the media pictures. But name a few people that helped you along the way, Joe. Oh, boy, I tell you, you know, through those Arctic years, uh, of course, Brian Nelson, Hubert Fixen, Kevin Thompson, David's son, sure. Kevin and the I. the oldest were, of the three boys. Yeah, yeah. we were two culprits <laughs> yeah. together. Yeah. Um, he kind of spearheaded the engineering side of the yep. ZR, came to every race with me on the weekends. Kevin and I raced in 84. Six together mm-hmm. um so yeah we uh, you know couldn't have done it without him uh the guys at fergus falls steve thorson yep. dean Schwarzwalter, marvelous marvelous snowmobile brains and and you know steve with his race car yeah. stuff yeah um man the list you know just goes on and on and some of the good racers i mean the jeremy files the brad pakes the aaron shields the jim herzigs the devault boys i yeah. mean and, it, and you're gonna sit here and think to yourself uh, on your ride back to the Ferber, god i forgot to mention him i forgot to mention him and i forgot to mention him but i think they all know yeah it's just uh you know and then you know unfortunately i had moved out of the race department kind of when tucker was just coming yeah, in yeah. i we were still in the race shop, and we built up a little Puma for, for Tucker to go to Pine Lake. Yeah, yeah. And he ran that real little racetrack. And then uh, the following year, Kirk, Kirk came to me and said, you know, I want Tucker to go racing, but, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm still what I'm doing. Yep. I said, let me talk to Russ Ebert. And we asked Russ, because Jeremy File and Dan Scallop were just getting done with their careers. Yep. We asked Russ Ebert, could you take Tucker racing? Boom. History was the rest made. is history, <laughs> and then and then you know television came into play, and and racing is so much different now. And of course, you're going to get more people watching TV because of the the snow cross because you can't. Yeah, it's not like finding the yep. you know on a cross country race you go look for you know like like uh, Paul Vadova said you look for the crossing with the most cars sitting parked by it. Uh, that's the best you could do to watch. And um, uh, anyway, but um, this has been an incredible show. <laughs> I'm I'm going to tell you right now, this is probably going to. Uh, Go up there is, is one of my top five favorites. It has uh, to. It's been I a think great the, show. the amount of stuff that we've learned and everybody watching's learned. I mean, me sitting here, usually I talk my ear off too, but sitting here just listening, I, I appreciate you doing what you've done for us in the past. My dad's going to crap his pants once I tell him <laughs> who I met today because we, I remember back in the 90s, my dad and mom, we went on family vacations. We went through Thief River, and my dad was a big Arctic guy, mm-hmm. still is to this day. Um, and his biggest thing on that, we, we took a plant tour. I did that tour thing in yep. there. Yep. I mean, and just learning all that. And then I, when I moved out here and my dad was like, oh, you got to you go to that, that plan again. You got to go check that out. Remember we did that when you were a kid and yep. all that stuff. And, and so now, to, Dad, guess who I talked to today? Like, I talked to the guy that innovated freaking Artichac Racing. Like, <laughs> this is a, <laughs> one so, of the guys. This is, I appreciate you very much. And, uh, this is so cool. Thank you. This and, was and fun. I, Tell you what, open invite. Uh, you want to bring the kids with or whatever to the racetrack this summer? Let yes. us know. Uh, yeah, Chad 100%. and I will give you VIP treatment. We uh, will come absolutely. down to the middle for sure. Yeah, yeah. We try. We try to get over there quite often. Uh, love when the world of outlaws come, um, and hopefully, like Andy Pake will be at River City. He's supposed to be more. running a four ten yep. this 410, year. Yep. So I'm looking forward to it. Good kid. Good kid. Uh, we so tried cool. to get we tried to get the old man to come up with him when he was on the show, but he wouldn't make it. <laughs> yeah. uh, Joe Hallstrom, thank you thank so much, you. man, thank for coming guys. in. Uh, we're going to wrap this thing up right okay. now. Ah, uh, boy, I want to give a shout out to Rumors Sports Bar and Casino for bringing you a dirty Thursday, man. Rumors, uh, they are spot on. If you want to watch UND hockey team this weekend, they're back in action. Check it out, Rumors. They are wall to wall TVs. Go get yourself some great lunch. In fact, a sandwich and a side today is only seven dollars. All right. See, they got another sports card, a memorabilia show coming up, too. 
Um, so make sure you go check that out, too. Rumor Sports Bar and Casino. Oh, look at that. There's the picture. Uh, right behind us, right over here in the Grand Cities Mall. Uh, come and check that out, all right? Uh, by the way, Nolan Olmsted and Heather McDonald from uh, Devil's Lake Speedway are going to be on the show next week. It's time to start talking track schedules again for the new year. Uh, oh, yeah, and Chad's not going to be here. Too bad for you. We'll have to find maybe Steven. Anyway, uh, there we go. Uh, so they'll be here uh, next week, all right? Boy, a ton of things going on today. Uh, big screens to TV streams at 1. Fork Sports Highway tonight at 6.30, where the crew's going to be talking about Taylor Swift and some other football game that went on last Sunday. Uh, and then the Brew Brothers podcast. If you like beer, you're going to love the Brew Brothers podcast at 9 o'clock tonight, all right? All great shows. Tune in. Remember to like, share, tag, and follow us. Hit that notification bell on your smartphone. Share this show to the whole world, all right? Hey, we all know the Grand Cities are grand. Grand Fork's best source is giving them an identity again. 